Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 2nd of August 2015, entitled, Contend for the Faith. And the Bible reading is taken from Jude, verse 1 to 4. Here's Brother Daniel Alexandru. Good to be in the house of the Lord, and uh, we should tell others that uh, being in the house of the Lord is worth more. And let's pray for them to be in the house of the Lord with us, worship the Lord. And uh, we need to thank God for His salvation, for His mercy for us, for His continuous love. And He still loves us, and He will always love us. We don't have to doubt this truth. This is God's truth. Amen. I'm glad that God is working my way in my family's way over here in England and he he's putting everything in order. Everything falls in its place. We're able to sell the house, not all the property as we desire, but I'm sure God is in control. <laughs> he knows everything. But uh, at the end of this week on Saturday I'll be going back with my wife to Romania. She will be coming back with TB next week on the 11th. Uh, and uh, with God's help, at the end of this month, I want to bring my family. So uh, we are very busy looking for a place here to stay so my family can have a, a home. And um, I'm sure God ha- has something for us in the store. And all we need to do is wait upon the Lord. Pray, and God will uh, do His part. We need to do our part. And uh, hopefully all the other Romanians will come, and we'll have a Romanian ministry going on, having more people saved, coming to uh, the house of the Lord and worshiping with us. I'm glad God is uh, at work and He's in control. Praise His name. Uh, For tonight... The message is from uh, the book of Jude, a small book uh, in the Bible. It has only 25 verses, and uh, I've been preaching from this uh, book for several weeks. And now it's probably several months. Uh, I didn't count all the the weeks I spent in the book of Jude, and uh, I haven't finished it And uh, with my church in Ployesh, Romania. Uh, I'm now studying the judgments of Christ, and we got to see the book of Revelation, starting from Jude. And the next book after Jude is Revelation, and it's in connection with, with Jude. Um, the title of my message is Contend for the Faith. Uh, we got to go back to Jesus' days when he was here in this earth, talking to his disciples, And he never promised them that they would have a peaceful, a restful, uh, wonderful life on this earth. But he promised them something. He promised them that he would be with them. So, as Christians here in this earth, we are not going to live as we, as people say, life in rows, in pink. Our future is bright with Jesus. 
But here on this earth, it's not going to be everything fine, just fine, wonderful. It will be rich and famous and uh, will work only one hour a week and make, you know, as much as a hundred hours a week and, you know, spend all the rest of our time at the Black Sea or the, the ocean getting tan or something like that under a certain umbrella with cold Sprite or Coke or, and ice and everything. No, uh, our life here, Jesus said, uh, would be uh, filled up with troubles because we are still here in this earth, we are still here in this flesh, and we are still humans. We are uh, living here among people. And Satan is at work as well. So, sometimes you might get frightened that we are in so big troubles, uh, big problems, and God is somewhere far away from us. But David in Psalm 23 I love Psalm 23, number 23. I know it by heart, and I've known it for not hundreds of years, but close to, <laughs> close to it. Psalm number 23 says in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and be sure we will walk through the shadow, through the valley of the shadow of death, and this is not death, it's the shadow of death. We are Christians, we are saved forever, and will never die spiritually. We will never be separated from God for eternity, because we are His children, and our eternity is with our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I said earlier that our future is bright, in bright colors. Right now, we are going through different troubles, different problems, and David says, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? There is a reason why we shouldn't fear. For thou art with me. God is with me. This is a personal relationship. God is with me. If you have God in your heart, a Savior, God is with you, and He will always be with you. So, doesn't matter what the problem is, doesn't matter what the trouble is in your life, I will fear not, because Lord, you are with me, and I will fear not. Jesus said, fear not. Fear not. Sometimes we fear the future. And we do this because we don't trust in the Lord enough. We get carried away by the system of this world, by the worries of this world, and we fear. Whereas as Christians, we are urged by the Lord. Not to fear. And Jude, 
In his letter here, in the first verse, says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you. Jesus is the one that inspired Jude to write this down. And please look at the way Jude introduces himself here. Jude doesn't say that he is the brother of Jesus Christ. He says, I am the servant of Jesus Christ. The servant of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ is God. And all of us who accepted Jesus in our heart as Savior and Lord should see our position as Jude Saul himself, a servant of God. Paul, if we read Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Romans says, Paul says, excuse me, Paul says that he is a servant of Jesus Christ. So not only Jude sees himself as a servant, but Paul does too. This is a lesson for us. Sometimes we feel if God saved me, that means I'm somebody. And he, he must have seen something in me for sure. And that's why he chose me. And uh, he should be proud that he has me. <laughs> It happens. I've seen many Christians and preachers like that. Oh man, they're puffed up. Nobody like them. I can even shake hands with them because they are too holy. And you're just a, an ordinary Christian. But Paul, the great apostle, before he mentions his title or his, his job or his calling to be an apostle, he says he is a servant. Before everything, we must admit that we are servants. Regardless of the position God gave us to serve, we are still servants. I remember one time seeing um, an advertise <coughs> advertisement of a, a Bible school somewhere. They said... Bible school so-and-so is looking for leaders. <laughs> they want to train leaders. I know it's very, um, makes you feel proud. You're a leader. I'm a leader. But God never intended to share his, his leadership with anybody. He's the leader. He's the, the great shepherd. He doesn't need any help to rule this universe. He doesn't need any advice from me or from you or from anybody to rule this earth and his heaven. But he needs, he, he does need servants who is ready to be a servant. That's the question. Jude was ready to be a servant. Paul was ready to be a servant. Peter was ready to be a servant. 
James and John went to Jesus Christ one time and their mother spoke for them. She was a lawyer, I guess. Because, you know, when you go to court, you need to have a lawyer. He's the mediator. And their mother said, Jesus, please, do something for me. (laughs) Have my children sit on the right side of you and on the left side of you when you'll come in your kingdom. And just said, no, sorry. I can't do that for you. Jesus doesn't need to, to share his leadership with anybody. He needs servants. Are you willing to be a servant like Jude, like Paul, like Peter, like others that have been before us? God really needs servants. And he chose to save this world through the foolishness of preaching of the cross. And somebody has to preach the cross in order for people to hear and have faith in Jesus Christ. And those who are willing to do it are those who are willing to obey, to submit to the Lord's leadership, and they are called servants. Because a servant doesn't have his or her will, but they have Christ's will, God's will. And they say, not my will, but thy will be done. That's a servant. God needs servants. God still needs servants. Are you willing to be a servant? Lots of people nowadays have their (coughs) habits. They have their own ways of life and they cannot change that. Because, you know, Lord, every morning I have to do this. Every two hours I have to do that. Every afternoon I got to do this and that. And please don't bother me while I'm doing my routine. I enjoy doing my routine. And when God says something, they say, excuse me, Lord, but I'm busy now. Not a servant. Not a servant. When the master says something to his servant, the servant says, yea, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. So Jude was inspired by the Spirit of the Lord to write about something. And he introduces himself as the servant of Jesus Christ. And he is writing to those who are sanctified by God. You see, he's writing to Christians. He's writing to those in his days, and he's writing to us nowadays, 2,000 years after the time. And he wants to make clear that sanctification is not a human act. It's a divine act. It's God's act. Only God can sanctify you and me. Nowadays, religion... It's trying to make people do certain things so they can feel they are holy. They are doing the right thing. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, that only Jesus 
can sanctify us. And he, when he does that, he does it once for all. For the whole eternity. He says here, by the which will, that means, in verse 9, then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Sanctification comes through Jesus Christ accepting his offering, not through our own works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 are clear. We are saved by grace, not by works. Because if it were by works, we'd boast and say, look what I did for Jesus. I deserve sanctification. You didn't do that. You're a bad guy. You had a dirty language. You did this and that. You don't deserve sanctification. But I do. And I feel like I'm better than you. But sanctification doesn't come through our works. It comes through Jesus Christ offering. He gave his life on the cross. I didn't give my life. And even if I would do this, it didn't matter. Because I'm a human. I'm a, I'm a sinner. And I deserve death. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came here on this earth to live a sinless life. He didn't have any sin. He didn't have the original sin. Because he didn't have a father. He just had a mother. And the original sin comes through the father. That's why the Bible says that Abraham had Isaac and Isaac had James. They gave birth. In the Bible you see that a man gives birth. Because the original sin comes through the father. To the son. Jesus didn't have any earthly father. He had only a mother. And she was the way, the means for him to come and have a human body. But sinless human body. So... <clears throat> Sanctification comes from God through Jesus Christ. And preservation, our eternal security is in Jesus Christ as well. It's not in, we have churches in Romania, and I'm sure they are all over the world, where it says, yes, you are saved by grace. But then you have to work out your salvation. And if you do this sin, and you... Die before you confess that sin to the Lord. Sorry for you, but you lost your salvation and you end up in hell. I don't know where they get this from. I'm sure it's from this, the devil, from Satan. Satan. He is the father of lies. Not from the Bible, but they still use the Bible. And um, remember when Jesus was tempted, the devil used the Bible. It is written. Go and throw yourself down. And the angels will come and catch you. And Jesus answered the devil using the word of God in the proper context. Not out of context. Because 
Whenever you take a verse out of context, that's a pretext for you to sin. And so many people today and Christians all also use the Bible to sin. If we are saved and we are kept by the power of the Lord for the time of redemption, is that a permission to sin? No. We have a holy God. And Paul says, be holy as I am holy. This sanctification I'm talking about here in Jude is that positional sanctification. We are put in a position of saint and God will accept us in His heaven only through this sanctification done by Jesus Christ for us. And we live a life like Jesus because we love Jesus. And we want to have a close relationship with our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's go on. We are preserved in Jesus Christ. And then in verse 2, just says, Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. So the desire of Jude for us is mercy. God had mercy on you and on me. How should we react to this act of mercy? We should have mercy on other people. But so many times we become cruel judges. We judge others. And we forget that we are forgiven of our sins by the great judge who has the right to judge everybody. We should have mercy and not any kind of mercy. Multiplied mercy. Mercy above mercy. On top of mercy and again mercy. And not only mercy, Jude says that we should have peace. Peace. Multiplied peace in abundance. We should live in peace with all the people around us. We shouldn't be people that just say they have peace. We have a a greeting in Romania when we meet other Christians, we say peace. Like Jesus said to his disciples after he resurrected, peace, I give you peace. And I give you a different peace than the world gives you. So the peace Jude is talking about is a peace from heaven. Yes, there are sinners around us, and we don't agree with their sins. We should still be in peace with them and love them, as Jude says, and love be multiplied. We shouldn't love sin, but we should love the sinners. And a way to prove that we love the sinners is going them and telling them about God's love, about God's sacrifice on the cross. If we don't love them, 
we don't tell them. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and the hearing through the word of God. So somebody must preach, must tell them the word of God so they can have faith. If they don't hear, they cannot have faith in Jesus Christ. So if we don't love them, we don't tell them. But if we love them, we go and tell them. So Jude says, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. And in verse 3, he goes on saying, Behold, beloved, I was striving, I was trying to give my best to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. So instead of writing us about the common salvation, he listened to the Spirit of the Lord saying, you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We live in a world where Satan is doing a great work confusing people about the way that leads us to heaven. Brother Larry and I were passing by a church. It was called Six Ways Baptist Church. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, does this church believe that there are six ways to heaven? (laughs) Because, you know, I heard some preachers, famous preachers in the States, saying that, If you want to go to heaven, you can go to heaven from wherever you are. If you are in an Islamic or Muslim um, environment, you can go to heaven from there using Prophet Muhammad. If you are in a Catholic family, you can go to heaven from there. Just believe what the church says, that uh, you go to Jesus through Mary. And Mary is the way. Uh, If you come from a Hindu background, you just follow whatever the religion says and you'll go to heaven. But in my Bible, John 14, 6 says there is only one way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Satan did his best to confuse people. People's minds. Saying that doesn't matter where you come from, what background you have. You can go to heaven by doing whatever that religion requires you to do. And this is a work-based salvation. Right? You have to do certain rituals. Like in the Orthodox Church, you you have to go to the church, confess your sins to the priest. Light candles, marry some couples, and baptize children, children, and so forth. This is a work-based salvation. And Jesus said that there is no other way but His way. So He's very extremist. There is no other way, only Christ's way. So if we do what some 
so-called preachers of the word say that, oh, okay, do whatever your religion says to do and you get to heaven. We're sending people to hell. That's what we are doing. If we don't preach the gospel, if, you, if we don't preach the way, the truth and the life, Jesus Christ, we are sending people to hell. If we do, some of them will be saved. We don't save people, but we tell them about Jesus, about their way, their truth, and their life. Jesus Christ. And Jude says it was needful for him to write about contending for the faith. Because this is our faith. This is our doctrine. This is the Bible. This is the truth. If we don't preach this, people will go to hell. And if we love people, we don't want them to go to hell. We want them to go to heaven and share heaven with us. We receive Jesus Christ by faith. <clears throat> Even so, there are churches, and, and Jude says, if you keep on reading uh, verse 4, for there are certain men crept in unwares who are before of all ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. He keeps on telling us that <clears throat> there are people that supposedly serve the Lord, but they are serving Satan. They have different interests. They say they are serving God. And in all reality, they are not serving God. They are serving themselves, and they are serving the devil. So there are lots of people of this nature that are in this business of corrupting the word of God. And that's why the Holy Spirit told Jude, urge the Christians to contend, to fight for the truth. This is the only truth we have. And we must fight for this truth. We must keep the doctrine of the Bible pure. We shouldn't compromise. I know sometimes life is difficult. And the devil comes and offers us all kinds of things. Just like he did to Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 3. He offered him. This world, the kingdom of this earth. But every time, three times, Jesus answers, It is written, it is written, it is written. Do we know the Bible? How can we contend for the faith? How can we contend for the pure word of God, for the pure doctrine, for the correct teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ if we don't know the Bible? So many so-called Christians say that the priest should know the Bible. The priest should teach us. We say we should know the Bible. We as Christians should know the Bible. 
should read the Bible at home and come to the house of the Lord and hear the Word of God preached to us. So we can contend. We're in a fight. We're in a battle. And this battle started when we got saved. And keeps on until Jesus comes back to redeem us. Do you realize we are soldiers of the Lord? We are under His command. We are not alone. David said in Psalm 23, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear not. For thou art with me. We are soldiers of the Lord, of the Almighty God. We are not alone. And we are in a battle. We are in a battle with this flesh. We are in a battle with Satan. And we are in a battle with the system of this world. That is getting far and far away from the Bible. They say homosexuality is correct. Another orientation. Another way of life. Say marriage between same-sex people, no problem. They can adopt people. They can do whatever a family does. They say it's correct. If you say something against them, you are guilty. It's not them. You see? Governments are getting away from the Bible. Getting farther and farther from the Bible. What are we going to do? That's the question. We can shut up. We can speak up. Daniel in the Bible. When they said nobody is allowed to worship any other God. He still went to his room, opened the windows, and prayed to God three times a day. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were asked to worship that idol, they didn't kneel before that idol. They stood up and said, we worship the Lord only. What was the punishment for Daniel? In the lion's pit. What was the punishment for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The fire. Where was the Lord when Daniel was in the pit, in the lion's pit? It was with him. Where was the Lord when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire oven, furnace? He was with them. Where is the Lord, according to Psalm 23, when we are going through the valley of the shadow of death? Is with me. That's why I will fear not. I'll fear not this world with its system, corrupted system. I'll fear not Satan, the father of lies. I'll fear not this flesh. Because I have a new Flesh waiting for me. An uncorruptible body is waiting for me. When? The redemption time. The rapture. The time when Jesus comes back. 
He will come back. Count on this. The Bible says in the end, I will come back and I will come quickly. So it's not easy to be a Christian nowadays. It has never been. It wasn't easy for Daniel. It wasn't easy uh, for Paul or for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It wasn't easy for uh, Peter or the other apostles who had to die a sacrificial death as martyrs. It's not going to be easy for us either. But we have a comfort. The Bible is comforting us. God is with me. God is with you. I will fear not. Will you fear? All we have to fear is God. Fear of God is the school of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom. I'll fear not this world, this system of the world. I'll fear not the devil. Fear not this flesh. Lord, the only one I fear is you. I want to do your will. God, help me contend for the faith, for the pure word of God, for the doctrine of your book. Help me, Lord. God will help you. Amen. Amen.